The following program was produced by Community Producer. The content, views, and opinions expressed are the sole responsibility of the Community Producer and do not reflect Malden Access Television, the City of Malden, or your cable provider. MATV welcomes your comments. Call us at 781-321-6400 or email us at access at matv.org. Welcome to 02148, and you're probably wondering, where are the regular hosts of this show? Well, I'm the guest host tonight, uh, Ron Cox, Executive Director of uh, MATV, Models Media Center, soon to be UMA, Urban Media Arts, and uh, more about that later, but let's talk about tonight's guest. Uh, as you know, uh, this uh, guest tonight uh, is a former host of 02148, yeah, he is one of the three hosts, I think, of that, or four hosts, because Jerry Maloney did it as well. Uh, but then when he uh, uh, decided to run for office, actually run for mayor, uh, obviously he had to uh, give up hosting rights, uh, because uh, it's a, this show was produced by the staff, and uh, we'll talk more about that later, but in the meantime, let's meet the former host of the 41A, John Matheson, candidate. For Mayor Malden. John, how you doing? Hey, Ron. Thanks for having me. It's great to be back on 02148. I really enjoyed my time hosting the show, and uh, I think you've done a fabulous job in the interim. So congratulations well, on that. Thank you very much. But uh, it's really uh, Ed Lucy and uh, Mike Sharon. I, I tell you, I like Mike's. Uh, oh, they're both great, yeah. And I think you've been on your Mike's show, right? Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. I went on uh, Mike's other show, too, Giving Back. Giving Back. Oh, I wish that. And I was back. on the Board of Bread of Life with Mike. And I went golfing with Mike during you, the charity golf event. I was the president of the Bread of Life. That's yeah. right. I met my fiance serving meals with the Bread of Life. At the Malden High School. At the Malden High ten School. Ten years ago. Ten years ago this Thanksgiving, if you can believe that. Wow. That is quite a story. It is a story. You yeah. know, I never believed. Uh, I've heard this thing called love at first sight. Can you uh, check if your mic, oh. uh, the, the, the... Guillermo's got a question over here, guys. The button there is on. Uh, see if you can just turn that on. I think I may just accidentally turn itself off. You know what there's a you turn on and on on the machine itself? On the machine. So I'll just go ahead and tell my yeah, story. Yeah, We're still going, going right? It's a live TV show. All right. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, funny story. Well, I was there volunteering. It was Thanksgiving Day. Then we did a test. <laughs> this was her first time volunteering, and she walks in the room, and she's got one of these do-rags on. It was her first uh, holiday without the kids because uh, she had been divorced. Right. And I saw her, and even with the do-rag on, I thought she was just so beautiful. Yeah. And uh and one lesson I've learned in my uh, in my life is that fortune favors the bold. So I marched right up to her and stuck up my head. I said, "Hi, I'm John Matheson. Let me show you around." Of course, I didn't really know what I was doing either. I know, but I just wanted to meet this woman. And Ron, did you ever meet someone that you felt like you've known them for years? Yeah, that's I, I the have. way I felt. Well, that's, the day I met her, that's great. and my life has been immeasurably better ever since. 
I, I never knew um, because I was kind of, you know, a loner that did my thing. Yeah. And uh, I was always good at that. But I never knew how much more, like, stronger you could that's be great. with a great partner behind you. And that's, that's what I've got with my Ingrid. And um, um, funny story. I, I'll, I'll let you get to your questions, too. No, no, no. This, this my first time running for office. Can I tell you about yeah, this? Yeah, go one? ahead. So I grew up in Malden on Bartlett Street. And my family's from Malden. So uh, my first time running, my neighbors had said to me, John, the street is just so badly broken. It's depleted. It needs to be replaced. And the sidewalks, they're all, you see these sidewalks, they're all tilted up from the tree roots and they got the weeds growing out of them. And they said, well, we can't get any traction over here. Maybe you should run for office. It was actually my, my next door neighbor, Ruth Chapnick. If you're watching Ruth, yeah. God bless you. She's at Forest Hill Park now, um, which is where, you know. Right. I'll, I'll but usually that's that what happens. People get involved yeah. because they, it, they see something that needs to get fixed. Or and it was as that. simple as that. Yeah. It's just the quality of life issue that you see when you leave your front door. And so I ran, and that was one of my big issues. I ran, and I lost. Everyone said, oh, you're crazy. Yeah. You're no, going no. against a guy. You can't beat him. And I lost. But you know what? My street got fixed. Yeah. And my sidewalk right. got fixed, and we got a new water pipe. And so I said, you know, two years later, I said, you know what? I'm going to run again. There you go. And I lost again. I, but I got 49% really? of the vote. Yes. So, so you got better vote, more votes. I picked so, up all the new voters. Yeah, that's good. And, um, and then I was kind of licking my wounds that Thanksgiving. I yeah. met Ingrid. My life got immeasurably better, like I said. We came back, and I, a lot of people don't come back a second time. I came back a third time with my partner in life. Yeah. And we won. So you we won. won handedly. Yeah, it was great. wonderful, yeah. and we've kept winning ever since. Well, so. she's right there with you on the campaign. Oh. I see her with you all the time, and that's, that must be great. And to, a lot of significant do others don't want to do that. Yeah. And I can understand I why. Right. You know, yeah. knocking on doors and going to all events and eating the yeah. dry chicken dinners, yeah. right? <laughs> but she's all about it. She loves yeah. it. She's got that personality. Yeah, she does. You know what I mean? Yeah. She's just... No, you're like a guy, John. I mean, I've got to tell you. It's I'm blessed. Wise, wise choice. I'm blessed. Well, uh, so let's talk about a few other things. Uh, uh, you know, people don't realize that, well, maybe they do. I, I think, John, you've been in the political field for a while, but uh, you born and raised in Malden. Yep. Went to Malden High, class of... 92. 92. Yeah, 92. I'm, yep, I'm going to be 45 the day after Election Day. Wow. It'll be a happy birthday in the sense that the, the campaign will be over, <laughs> no, it, right? And we can all get back to yeah. normal life, and neighbor can stop attacking neighbor, and we can get back, yeah. to, the, back, back to business. Back to business. And, right. And do something. But, about uh, but, yeah, I'll be 45. Um, yeah, you're still yeah, young, John. I had, uh, well, thank you for saying that. I don't feel young. I, yeah. I slipped on ice this winter, yeah. and my L4, L5 oh, uh, disc shot into the nerve, Ooh. and I was laid up in the hospital. I, I couldn't walk. It was so bad. Oh, I have I gained a new appreciation for what uh, the disabled have to I deal know, with. I know, exactly. I mean, there were times where I had to use the bathroom, and I said, you know, I, I, I should, I'll wait. Right. You know what I mean? It's that painful. Right. You know, and you resist eating, and, and right. just getting around is painful. Right, right, and, and then not, you, but you got to keep going. And there's nothing people can really do to help. They can bring you something, yeah. but, you, you know, you're kind of on your own with this thing. And that's one of the reasons I sponsored this uh, disability commission in Malden. Uh -huh. So... The state has a statute that allows local communities to establish a, a municipal disability commission, and that allows you to take uh, fines, uh, you know, handicapped fines, right, right. and dedicate those in an enterprise account to fixing ADA-compliant ramps, sidewalks, crosswalks, things like that, right. the broken sidewalks, yeah. like what got me running in the first place, and it qualifies you for grants. So everyone took to this thing, including the mayor to his credit and the council. Yeah. Everyone said, yeah, this is something we should do, just like... Tree City USA and some of those other so, things. So these are some of the initiatives you've taken. Uh, yes. You mentioned the Tree Day and Arbor Day and, and 
and I think the other uh, one of the you know, issues is uh, uh, keeping Malden green and and uh, having that space that. Uh, well, Ron, you know, yeah, let's uh, talk about that. Yeah, yeah, you know, uh, I I'll talk the whole hour. Be careful what you ask for. Yeah. So, um, you know, what I did is I looked to other communities that were very successful, and I said we don't have to reinvent the wheel. Let's just do some of the things that they're doing right. And one of the things they did right is they joined Tree City USA. And when I joined the council, I realized there were a lot of stumps. I don't know if you remember, it's easy to forget. When we had them, everyone was talking about right. them. Stumps everywhere, rotten stumps. Right. And, and this is when, you know, the, the, it's easy to cut down the tree, but if you don't get the stump... The difficult part is grinding out the stump. Right. It's like demolition, yeah, right, yeah, when you're doing work? Right. Yeah. It's easy to do the demo. It's the buildup that yeah, requires right. a lot of sweat. Right. So, you know, we, we started grinding out the stumps. We went through a couple stump grinders. We grinded out a lot of these stumps. We started planting trees. We got certified for Tree City USA. It took us a couple of years to do that. That qualifies us for grants. And one of the criteria is that you update your tree care ordinance. I did that. And start an annual Arbor Day. And I did that, too. And one way that it really, the community took to it, was that we started dedicating a tree to someone who had passed away uh, in the previous yeah. year. And, uh, and, and that was just a beautiful thing because family members would come and, and people would, you know, they'd get emotional. Right. And I would, too. Yeah, of course. And, uh, and we're actually planting, we're getting our hands on the soil and planting the tree together with the students, with the family, with other members of the community. And it's just been a wonderful success story. And it's something that other communities do, and now Malden does it, too. And, and it seems like it's, a, it's an easy thing to do to get you connected it's a layup. To, to the land. Yeah, yeah. it's right. a no-brainer. It's yeah. one of these things where the upside is great and the downside is almost non-existent. Right. Um, the other thing I started doing, we did a lot of these salary reclassifications and step increases. If you're, if you're really one of these policy wonks and you're watching the city council, you'll see that that was something we debated yeah. a lot. And I said, let's find the other comparable communities that are Malden's size, size and population, budget, maybe, or yeah, maybe uh, uh, a diverse urban population, right? Mm -hmm. And then when you do all these criteria and you find out who you're, you most closely resemble, I mean, ironically, Medford's one of our closest right. uh, geographically as yep. well as in all those other ways. Uh, you can simply look to them and say, what departments do they have and what are they paying right. these folks? And let's make sure we're in the right range. I don't want to underpay people. I don't want to overpay people either. I, I think right. Malden needs to get the right value for its money, and I hate to see government waste money. Well, that's another one of your issues uh, is the responsibility of, of where the money goes, and, and, and uh, I think you've been very clear where you stand on that. You'd be surprised how many people, though, in a local race don't get the information, right? So information comes at a cost. Right. It, you need to have the time to read the paper or watch the council meeting. And it's easier to pick up on this national stuff. It's all over the TV, right? right? But if you're a, 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 an average American living here in Malden, you're working, you're coming home, you're paying the bills, you want to eat dinner with your kids, maybe you want to take your shoes off and watch some TV, right. learning about a local race or a local issue, it's, it, it doesn't maybe fit into your life. So that's the information cost that's out there. What my campaign does is we set up these, and I've been doing this for years, these brochures, and everyone, the number one complaint, too many words. People like pictures, John, too many <laughs> yeah, words. Right. And, you know, the and attention I'm, span of people is just a little smaller and smaller every year. So you lost me, Ron. <laughs> <laughs> so, no. So, so, no, but I, I put a lot, my point is this. Yeah. I want to educate voters with the facts because an informed voter is more likely, I think, to vote our way. 
uh, because I'm talking about the real meat and potatoes that this community needs to talk about, not the fluffy stuff, the real stuff. We're talking about your wallet. Okay. And so many things hit people in the wallet. One thing that I said was uh, back in 2011, I don't know if you remember, I don't want to talk about the bad stuff, uh, you know, I don't want that to dominate the conversation, yeah. but we had a theft, right? They estimated it was about a half million dollars. Uh, and the Department of Revenue came in and investigated. It was actually a couple of years before right. that. And they concluded the investigation in 2011. And they right. said, Malden is one of these sizable communities. A community of its size needs to have a CFO. That's a chief financial officer to make sure all the finances right. are in place. Make sure that you have sufficient controls to prevent theft and waste. And well, how many communities have one of those? Oh, yeah, it's very, very popular. Uh, you'll, every community our size. In fact, uh, private corporations too. You can't find one with two hundred million dollars in annual revenues. Right. Our combined revenues is two hundred million dollars. That doesn't have a CFO. It just doesn't exist. Right. So, we we hadn't picked up a CFO in all these years. And and you know what? That's something that we all should have been pushing harder for. We've had a few more thefts, uh, no convictions related to those thefts. And then the inspector general came in, investigated us again, came with a, uh, with a conclusion this January. Yeah, the recommendation. Right. The recommendation right. was hire a CFO. Right. We had to get told twice by two different state agencies. So that's something I want to bring in because when you read the most recent audit report, not to get you know too technical on you, but this part was simple. It said Malden is keeping its cash balances, about $50 million, in accounts that are bearing less than 1% interest. Now, you wouldn't do that with your money. And as a result, we were losing at least, at least $350,000 a year so, in so interest that we should so have earned. Saying, so that, right. That's been going on year after year so, after year. And so that's CFO, putting that money in a place where it builds. Of course. Yeah. And you know what the solution was? I talked to the treasurer. I said, where are our accounts in Rockland Trust, Eastern right. Bank? I said, give them a call. We called Rockland Trust and said, why aren't we getting proper interest? And they said, no problem. There's some really? interest in the account. It was that easy. Well, you you really, <laughs> honest to God, you have to, it, no, but it, it requires diligence. It requires, yeah. you know, I'm sure that everyone's busy doing a bunch of other things, but it requires people to go through all of these accounts and make sure we're doing the right thing by the taxpayers. Because whenever you lose something like that, the taxpayers feel that pinch. Right. So, anyway. Well, let's, uh, let's talk more. So, uh, I know you have a bunch of questions. I do, I, I do. No, no, no. Well, Eight pages of issues on my website. I've got them right here. I don't want to slam the competition, but zero issues on the website. Well, uh, uh, let's talk about some of these issues, which some of we touched upon already. Uh, we talked about the CFO officer, and, and that's a, a dear financial responsibility, which you've been yeah. really about. Uh, the Malden River. Yes. Uh, uh, I know that's dear to your heart. And, yes, and, it uh, is. And it's really, you know, when I was a kid, and this is way before your time, John, I had a friend who swam in the Malden River. Get out of they town. Did. He came out of the Malden River. He was, was he? orange. <laughs> I, knew, yeah. I knew you were going there. He was orange. I, went, I said, uh, Tony, you're not supposed to be orange. Yeah. I think you're, you should take It's like out. an 80s movie. You get exposed to the nuclear exactly. waste. You're going to grow a new arm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well. But it's come a long way. And, and, uh, and then it's still got more places to go. And I think you talk about that. So I don't blame anyone for the pollution, right? We know this is a horribly polluted river. And uh, I don't know if you have all four photos. No, there. the others didn't come out so good. Uh, yeah, so I'll just say it. I mean, it, it's pretty simple, right? We hung a boom there last summer. Yeah. And now they're doing it more regular to clean it. Yeah. But last summer we hung one for two weeks as a, as a trial. And in two weeks, this thing had gathered up so much stuff, it was really hard to yeah. believe. Honestly, it's, on, it's on your website. I, I, I've seen it. It is. And these little ducks are on top of the thing. And, and I don't want to bring people down. That's not my goal at all. I love Malden. I think that we are a fabulous community. Uh, it's a very special place with a tremendous amount of potential. Um, and one thing that we have to do, we're an industrial city. We were of the yeah. past. We have the oh, yeah. largest rubber shoe factory in the world. Unfortunately, it's one of the, the reasons the river was polluted. It <laughs> is. Others. 
those uh, tanneries and things. Well, that's what factories did. It goes back to ancient Rome. What you would do with your waste, you'd throw in the river and let nature bring it it away. Right. Right? It was a natural sewer system. When population started exceeding a million people in in some major cities and and cities like us started becoming densely populated, you just couldn't handle all that industrial waste. So... Uh, we're not that far behind the eight ball, but we really should have been addressing this thing, I think, some time ago. Um, you're blessed when you have waterfront property. You can't find waterfront right. property from Maine to Florida that's not sought after and expensive right. and prized. And we have got uh, an estuary that goes out to the Mystic and feeds into Boston Harbor. It's a very special thing. I would love to see that thing cleaned up beautiful so that it would be an attraction for people, a place to sit, a yeah. place to walk, a place to picnic, a place to boat, a place to fish. Right. Maybe one day. And crew. The crew going crew. on yeah. right now. Yeah, you can boat in there now. Yeah. Uh, and maybe one day a uh, place where you can swim. I don't know. But uh, another. But Tony uh, would love to hear that. Unfortunately, he's passed away. Hopefully not from the water. Well, you had some, we'll kind, of, some kind of cancer. We'll never know. So, uh, well, that's sad. But, uh, yeah, but the thing is. Uh, but maybe a water shuttle. A water shell to Boston Harbor. I, that's that I like that. Oh, to Encore. Well, it's halfway in between. <laughs> I, I would know. imagine that there'd be a stop there. Yeah. You know, I'm not a gambler myself, yeah. but no, actually, I visited for the first time, uh, and it's it's quite it's, it's like Las Vegas. It's, you know, my brother lives there, so yeah. I've been out there a lot, and it's like a little bit of Las Vegas right there without the people. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I said, where are the people? Said, yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyway, uh, oh, but let's talk about that. Uh, uh, one of the things you brought up at that, uh, at, I think, the last debate was uh, that money that we do get from Encore uh, and, and contributes yeah. to the city. And, and you had some questions about yep. how does that get used. Uh, let's talk about your So we had some great that. people that had the foresight to say, look, this casino is likely to come, and there is going to be impact money. So let us... Uh, join up if this is going to happen and it looks like the handwriting is on the wall let us sign a surrounding community agreement with them and make sure that we get our piece of the pie right. and it did it worked out great that way we had a couple counselors on that team and i think uh perhaps ron hogan uh i don't want to leave anyone out but uh suffice to say uh we're looking at about ron 20 hogan was in the team I yes think. right so we're looking at about i think jim nestor i think david Docangelo. Yeah. i think we're looking at 20 million dollars over a 15 year span we got a million previously um, this money can be used for any impact that Malden deems fit. The contract is written very broadly that way to uh, give deference yeah. to the city of Malden. And what it's really intended for when you get these impact funds, it's intended to offset the impact that the development brings to a community. So what that means is the extra traffic and maybe the uh, infrastructure that gets impacted by all the additional traffic and people that are coming through a community. Um, and I would so, love so, so is the money supposed to be directed for things like that, or can it be used in general fund? Uh, I think that's the, the, the question. Um, you know, the contract honestly is broad enough that I don't think anyone could challenge us for any kind of breach or infringement if we, if we were to use it for yeah. alternative purposes. But, but having money like this disappear into the general fund is where money gets wasted in government. I see it too often, and I can't stomach it. Uh, Ron, I said in the last debate, I was born uh, in, a, in a poor Malden family. I'm not uh, afraid to admit it. And uh, we didn't have much. We ate leftovers, more hand-me-down clothing, but we never wasted a penny. Yeah. And my mother raised me this way. One time, Ron, I lost $5. My mother haunted me for a year about this $5, <laughs> I swear to God. 
And uh, <laughs> God bless her. God bless you. But yeah. I, I those are those learning moments. That I can't stand waste, and I don't care if it's my money, your money, or someone else's money. I hate it, and yeah. I hate when government does it too. And it happens more frequently with government because it's other people's money. Yeah. Everyone is much more careful with their own money. But when we're talking about the roads and the casino mitigation money, well, roads are actually my next. If, thing. if that, well, they tie in together. So let's talk about them both. Uh, when that disappears into the general fund, people might scratch their head and say, well, what was it used for? And then you'll hear explanations like, well, we saved jobs, and, you know, maybe we created a job, or maybe right. we created a department. But I want everyone to benefit in a tangible way. I want to inventory every single street. We have 550-some-odd streets. I want to find out from every street what the condition of your street is, where the broken panels of sidewalk are, where the trees are missing or where the trees are diseased. I also want to find out where parking can be added and, frankly, where there's a couple trouble spots that maybe parking shouldn't be there. Right. Uh, but I think that by doing that inventory, you'll find that we'll conform greater with Tree City USA, we'll have better curb appeal that'll raise our property va uh, values and our community pride. Community pride is very, very important. Mm -hmm. Um, I think what you'll find is that we'll create parking. It'll actually have a, a positive impact on parking, unlike what's going on in Exchange Street right now, to 2.4 yeah. million well, I, disaster. I think once those buildings get it's so, you know, once the city hall development, it isn't just city hall, it's that whole development, but once they finish, then they get the Exchange Street building working on there. Things will fall into place. Like, yeah, yep. I hope so. Things it's will like, fall into place. Um, and I can't wait for Pleasant Street to open up. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. That's going to be. Oh, I agree. You got a date for that yet? Uh, no, I'm sorry. I couldn't tell you. I don't want to give you bad information. Yeah. Okay. Uh, a project this size, uh, you know, they come at you early on with a Gantt chart. Yeah. It tells yeah. you how long these things are going to be. One phase is for permitting and right. another phase for design, another phase for construction. And very often when you're dealing with a project that's tens of millions of dollars, they go beyond their schedule. And that's okay. It's actually not that unexpected. Uh, but I proudly point to the, uh, the municipal project for the police station. I was on the police station uh, relocation building committee. That was pretty fast too. I was the time. city council yeah. president. We were on time. I don't know any other projects, yeah. $20 million in size, on time. And Ron? I think it took longer to find the space. Ron, <laughs> $1.5 million under budget. Yeah. Well, Go find a project that yeah. says that. No, that's, that's pretty cool. Under budget. Yeah. That saves, that saves your wallet. You know? it, it does. And, and listen, when you don't negotiate the right deals, the people have to make up that difference. Yeah. That's why we've become so reliant, almost dependent on things like blue bag fees and ticketing people, ticketing them for the snow shoveling, ticketing them for the, the street sweeping. <laughs> uh, you know, I've got a real gripe with that. And uh, we're a poor population. I don't say that to denigrate anyone. I just mean relative to the other communities. No, historically, it's always been a yeah. working class city. We're in the 10th percentile. That means we're in the, the bottom 10% of income per capita per person in the state of Massachusetts. Right. So we need... And this is, this is why I'm running. We need a mayor that looks out for our wallet. And the apartment developers need to pick up this slack. The apartment developers have not been doing it, and I hope you'll give me some time before this show. No, no, we got, we got time. Uh, well, let's talk about that. Uh, you know, one of the things that I think the criticism has been in terms of these developers coming in, and uh, I think it's uh, now starting to change in terms of the developer hasn't been really given back no. to the community to get these deals. Right. And... There's a large constituency of, of Malden people who, who feel that uh, any development should be thinking of what it is they're giving back. Of course. And work out some kind of deal, whether it's affordable housing or whether it's giving back to some buildings in the community that, that work for the community. Precisely. Or, all these things can be done. Uh, yep. And uh, I think now, instead of just willy-nilly, uh, 
people are keeping an eye out for it. So, yeah, I think for a while people didn't understand the, the relationship between the developments and the cost of living in Malden. They looked like two different things, but they're really interrelated in a lot of different ways. Um, so these developments are obviously multi-million dollar developments. It's a great opportunity to negotiate affordable housing, which we've done zero of in the last eight years, despite, despite thousands of apartments. Um, it's a great opportunity to reline sewers. Um, and it's a great opportunity to say fix infrastructure. We have 200 broken fire hydrants in the city. I've got uh, yeah. I saw one with a, a bag, black bag wrapped around it. Is that that's a sign of a dead, dead fire hydrant? So we mark <laughs> we mark our fire hydrants that have insufficient flow. Now I, I don't expect the camera's going to be able to get yeah, in here no, to spread the won't. information, but these are uh, just like a traffic light. You've got green, yellow, and red, and the red and black. There's some black. Uh, indicate uh, fire hydrants that have insufficient water flow, and there's a couple reasons for that, to fight fires. So I don't want yeah. anyone to be too yeah, alarmed because... Like this neighborhood here, uh, I won't tell you who what, but uh, I'd say, oh, boy. Keep right, an eye. right. And, you know, <laughs> everyone's... Everyone for your canteens. And those are... Our <laughs> <laughs> you've, you've always made me laugh, Ron. <laughs> uh, but those are priority neighborhoods, uh, you know, I know it, uh, the engineer department knows it, everyone's aware of it, but it's time to really start taking them seriously. And now, is that pressure? Or what's causing the, the hydrant? A couple different things. So sometimes it's a mechanism within the, the hydrant itself. Other times it's tuberculation in the underground water main, right? right? So we have these iron water mains, and when they get to be about 75 years old, they start, you have a, you know, like tuberculosis, right? right? That's when your lungs right. get kind of filled. Yeah. Uh, these pipes, they start constricting. So a pipe that starts like this ends up over time becoming that much flow. And within there, there's little pockets. And what happens is water swirls into the pocket yeah. and it gets stagnant and it grows bacteria, yeah, particularly in the that. summer oh, months. So we've got to put chlorine in the water and the MWRA does that. But sometimes those bacteria levels bloom and we've got to run all kinds of fresh water back and forth really? to clean them back out. And that way we can start drinking our water again. But this is a major concern, yeah. um, as well as lead pipes, fire hydrants, but back to the apartments. So the MWRA and the DEP, they say communities like Malden, uh, you know, we're, we're, a, we're a, a D4 water community. We've got this large, old water system. And we've, we've got a great guy that's running it over there, John DeSantis. Um, so what they, their priorities are this, twofold. One is deliver clean drinking water. That's priority right. number one. And number two, the, this is the Corbin Reservoir because we're on that system. And number two, <laughs> might not realize that. Number two is deliver enough uh, uh, pressure, water pressure, for fire suppression. Okay, so our fire department does have hose length. They they can always reach a working hydrant to put out your right, fire. Right, because they get the okay, length. Okay, so I want people to know that. Right. But I still don't want to be the house that's next to a broken hydrant. Yeah, yeah. And when you get a multi-alarm fire, sometimes you get local aid. Right. So a, a Melrose, this has actually happened. A Melrose truck will come in. They don't know that black right. cap on the fire right. hydrant means it doesn't work. They'll screw in and they're wondering, why isn't this working? Why is this working? Uh, is yeah. this working? Um, Gosh. And, and, you know, that just shouldn't be the case. So what they have said is when you have a big apartment development, because communities don't build a lot of these, when you do, you got to make sure that you require them to reline sewers and their measure is four times as much as they're going to be put into the sewer that's how much uh, uh, infiltration and inflow right. they should be correcting in their construction project we've required them to do none of it and I, I'm not going to get into the the, the, the Jack Brennan right. apartment yeah. building but some guys not only did nothing but they got millions of dollars 
to build here in the community. Well, well one of the, uh, I guess, the uh, pushbacks to that is that, but uh, the Masons got to keep their, their building. Is that true in terms of the, the Masons? No? No. So no, they, they didn't. They really? sold under duress, and they sold it for $900,000 under assessed value. And back then, assessed values were notoriously low because we were coming out of that really? recession, right? So buildings were actually selling much more, but it's a fair measure, okay? Yeah. So they sell it for $900,000 under – I don't know about you. If I'm going to sell my house – you better believe I'm selling it for fair market value. Right. I'm listing it. I'm going to get multiple offers. I'm going to sell it to the highest bidder. That's how you're sure that you have an arm's length fair right. transaction. Right? Now, that who, didn't who owned that building case. before Brennan got it? It, it, was the, it was the Malden Masonic Association, four lodges. So one was a Jewish own, okay. lodge. One was a Brazilian lodge. One was Converse Lodge, our first mayor. Really? Yes. Wow. And the other one was a combination uh, 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 Galilean. Um, oh, they're going to they're gonna hate me for right. that. Say it. Mount Vernon Galilean. Um, anyway, four lodges with retail. Remember my honey fits? They oh, had all yeah. the retail oh, yeah. and Fermani the tailor. We could go hey, on and on. the lobbies. John Sullivan had the yeah. lobby. Yeah, and look, when it, the building had a leak. Yeah. All right, so when, when you have a building that has something that looks like a, uh, a health code violation, um, usually you try to work with these building owners. Right. And if you can't, and the law department does this, the law department will, will sometimes sue them for a receivership where the city can take control, even though you can't do this with a business like the Masons, you can right. do it with individuals, right. so that the city can take control, perform the repair, and then put the bill as a lien on the house. Right? That way, you're sure that health conditions have been addressed. Right. So, and they have and, a way to pay it back. Yeah. Now, I got a resident one time, and it's going to sound like I'm throwing people under the bus. I'm really not. I'm just telling my experience on the you're council. You're just placing them in front of the bus. <laughs> <laughs> so I had, a, I had a, a, a neighbor call me one time. Now, I'm the Ward 3 counselor, and I got a, a constituent. He calls me up. John, I'm being sued. City of Malden suing me. Superior Court, John, Superior Court. Now, that wouldn't alarm me too much, because I, you know, I go in a court. Yeah, you go in all the time. Ordinary citizen. Yeah. So I, I get it, and I said, boy, you know, I don't think it's right that, you know, the law department and the mayor and the health inspector, they can, they can get together and decide to bring a lawsuit but not tell the counselor. Uh, I deserve to hear this from the city I work for, not from the resident in panic mode, right. looking for an attorney that he can't afford. So, so, so you think that's a communication issue? It is. It is. Yeah. So uh, what I had raised was an order that the city council get notice before a lawsuit is brought against a resident right. or a business of Malden. If it's against another town or, or, or a foreign business outside of the community, fine, right? But we're talking about our own people. Uh, so what I heard from the council was, well, you can't order the mayor to do anything according to our charter. So I said, well, we use the law department for these suits. Let's order the law department to give us seven days notice before a suit is filed, and that way we'll be comfortable. Well, I think they realized there was not, no pushback I, right. they could give me over that. Right. So we passed that. In Brennan's case, I didn't find out the, the building had even been sued uh, until Brennan had purchased it. Yeah. And that suit had been going on for a while for one simple fact. The mayor used mayor's internal funding to hire attorneys outside the city that had no obligation to give notice to the city council. I had no idea that that lawsuit was happening until the ink was dry in the paper and the building had been transferred. Now, I don't blame Jack Brennan. I don't blame an apartment developer for not relining sores, okay? It's everyone acts in their own self-interest. That's just human nature. They're looking to make money and be profitable. 
Yeah. That's their job. Their job is to advocate for themselves and their project and their wallet. Right. So, our so I guess job is to advocate for, for our city, city and right. our wallet so and you don't our feel that source. Was, that was done enough. We have tens of millions of dollars in sewer relining fees coming our way here in this city, and I do not know how we're going to pay for it. Neither does the mayor. It's a, it's a serious well, it, problem. It, and, and that is the infrastructure is so old here in Malden. We've been around, and I think these pipes, like you say, they, you know, pre-1900s, yeah. I think, right. some of them. Now, the lead pipes are a different story. Right. I actually do have a plan. I think the only plan that's out there. Well, let's hear the plan. I, I, I would love to share it with you. So, um, you know, we, we actually, we had the, the department in. We got to hear about the inventory of lead pipes that we know of, and we're going to discover more over time. Um, but based on the inventory that we have, the few thousand lead pipes that we've identified on the public side, the private side, we don't know quite as much. There's not a very accurate inventory of how many private side. When I say public and private side, it's important to understand right. what I'm talking about. When you go from that iron water main right. in the middle of the road and you get water service in your house, right. that pipe is called a water service line. Right. Back in the day, Malden was made 100% with lead pipes easy to bend, they were easy to work with, no one knew that it could cause retardation in right. children and, and, and cause health problems for pregnant mothers. Uh, this, this was, you know, something that we've discovered over time. We used right. to have leaded gas. Remember we had yeah. leaded gas? Oh my gosh, yeah. And then it was a thing that you could buy, you could choose unleaded gas. Now it's not even a choice. Everything's right. unleaded. Right. Uh, paint, lead paint, Yeah. right? Le paint used to work very well with lead in it. So anyway, um, I'm getting kind of fire afield here. Um, at some point, there's a shutoff valve in the sidewalk right where your private property begins. From the street main to that shutoff valve is the publicly owned, city-owned lead service line. From that shutoff to the basement of your house, that's the private side right. lead line. Now, presently, what the mayor does in his budget is he bills residents an additional, in the aggregate, $750,000 a year to replace lead lines on our water and sewer bills. And we do, we spend that money every year and we replace a lot of lines. Um, environmental protection is and, said. And, and I think the, the, the primary reason for that is, is the safety reason. Uh, absolutely, absolutely. But the MWRA has also made available a $100 million zero interest loan. By the way, zero interest loans, pretty good deal. Pretty good deal. That means they're taking on the time value of that money and you're getting the benefit of the money. At, at a zero cost of debt. So for that $750,000, the math is pretty simple. You could take out a $7.5 million loan and completely service it without raising anyone's bills, right? The math checks out for a 10-year loan. Okay. Um, and what the, I just talked to the MWRA. They said, you can take out these loans as you see fit. Marlboro's taken out $1 million a year. They've decided that $1 million a year is the amount of pipes that they want to replace. A uh, little bit different. So, New so no interest is charged. Right. And they pay the million over. You a pay it back of time. over ten years. Ten years. Yep. Uh, <coughs> Newton has done it a little bit differently. Newton has said, "Look, we, we our inventory calls for four million dollars. We can do four million. What they do require is that as a community, a few things. You commit to a one hundred percent lead removal. Okay, very important. You've got to commit it. Right. Okay. They also require that you educate the public about the danger of lead, so that the public is motivated to do something about it. And thirdly. Thirdly, thirdly, we're going to get some we're more money for your sets. Yeah. <laughs> so, so thirdly. Hold on. Live television. There we go. I think that's an old. Okay. Thirdly, they require. It's a live set, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> thirdly, they require that you replace the public side and the private side at the same time. 
Now, obviously, that's private property. It requires buy-in from the public, and you should offer some kind of incentive right. to make that happen. To date, no one's in, uh, 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 created an incentive for our public to replace their 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 private. So, so let me show you in terms of uh, with the person who's getting their their pipes attached to the to the city system. Yeah. Uh, do they pay for that, or do they get uh, that loan that gets taken out that's interest free? Uh, they they get to do the same thing, or how does it? How where does the payment go? Excellent question. So, oh, well, thank you, John. Yeah. <laughs> so the money goes into the city. The city can decide whether or not they're going to pay for the private lead pipe replacement, right? The private persons, right. but that's not really fair to people that have been paying for their own. Right. Um, or they could, in turn, give the the public the public a zero interest loan, so that they, right. could so they could do it. That's what I propose. Right now, we have uh, we've built residents above and beyond their actual consumption for water and sewer, uh, $9 million. And that's sitting in the bank, hopefully earning some interest. Um, that's in the bank now. I would like to give the public the benefit of that money that they actually paid so that they get a zero interest loan from there with an indefinite payback period. So it can get paid back when eventually you sell your home, right? So you never, never experience cash out of pocket, but you get a clean pipe today, and you're incentivized. When we discover that there's a public and a private line, both needing replacement, we can come in together, and while the men and the equipment are there, if you do it concurrently, simultaneously, right, right, right. You, lower, you lower the cost by 20%. Right now, sometimes we do a piecemeal. Other times, right. because the council passed uh, a requirement that when a home sells, they have to replace the lead, we did that on the council. And it's had great results. We've actually, a lot of homes sell because a lot of people leave Malden. A lot of people come into Malden, right. too. Um, but we get the opportunity to force those sales at that time. Um, so we're, we are able to do some complete lines. But if we were able to give these folks that zero interest loan, we would incentivize them, and we would we'd be able to change out all these lines. So the $7.5 million, it would be enough to do the municipal, the, the publicly owned pipes. The money that's in reserve loan back to the public uh, would let them replace their private side of the pipe. Right. Together, we could get all of them replaced. Now, now the, the other question has been, like, uh, how long is this going to take? And, and if, you, if you do the math and you do so much footage, or I guess it would be miles, uh, it's still going to take 50 years. So the DEP has us under what's called a consent order. The DEP is the Department of Environmental Protection. And they've required communities to go lead-free over a certain amount of time. Now, because we're a, a D4, we need an operator at our water department that has a D4 license. Um, I, the current mayor did some changes with the department, so for a time we didn't have a D4 license. And DEP came in and cited us and fined us for not, for not being in compliance um, and for not complying with the lead pipe program either. We had to go in to negotiations, go under a new consent agreement, a new consent order, and that was three years ago, uh, so they gave us 10 years. So theoretically, they've given us seven more years to replace our entire inventory of lead pipes. Is that possible? Probably not, uh, but we can come close. Yeah. And, and, and honest to God, you might find lead pipes 20 years from now. You might dig a test pit uh, uh, years and years from yeah. now and discover a lead pipe. Uh, it's going to take some time, yeah. but we're we're way but behind. That. We're behind schedule right now, yeah. and I want to see us catch up right. because this is an important. It's a health concern. 
I was uh, I was looking for my notes because I, I had all kinds of data on the inventory, but I don't need no, to get no. too deep in the We're, woods here anyway. We want to put people to sleep, ladies and gentlemen. It's like, uh, well, let's talk about. Let's get back to uh, uh, the other thing that I think is uh, important. We we talk about the the apartments and 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 the, the overbuilding that some people have have a, a criticism on. Uh, but then there's this other aspect uh, that uh, what about business development and and how do we get that to to, to grow and and because uh, that's not only does that contribute in terms of a tax base uh, it gives people jobs and and uh, I think those are, it's a double win situation how do you uh, and I guess there's a uh, development happening on Charles Street that just got announced yeah. uh, how do how do we increase that because I think uh, that seems to be another uh, over, not over, it's overlooked I think right now yeah I mean my answer might seem a little simplistic to you um, but in real estate the three most important things location 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 yeah. Malden has the location as the crow flies we are five miles from Boston we've got I-93 one of the unless, most unless that crow is on the orange line <laughs> <laughs> good, point, good point, though. We have two MBTA stops, which are a double-edged sword, right? Yeah. These things, they bring pros and cons to a community, and we can all admit that. But Malden Center T Station is one of the busiest in the Orange Line, if not the busiest. And we need to experience the benefits of that, as well as the benefits of being next to 93, one of the most heavily yeah. traveled corridors, Route 1, yeah. right? We also have uh, all these heavily traveled routes, right? You've got Route 60, Route 16. Route 28. 16, uh, gateway you know, to Encore. Uh, yeah, I, I'm probably missing some, to be honest with yeah. you. Route 99. Um, yeah, but, the, but the point is, because of our location, we should be the next thriving business hub of the Metro North. And I firmly believe this. When you look at the results, this is one of the best economies of our lifetime, okay? You could at least argue it. I, I think it's a very strong, every indicator, unemployment, yeah, I mean, I, yeah. the stock market. It's got I, all the good things. It's really working. So, um, and there's a lot of reasons for that, uh, but you see the benefits in our surrounding communities. You see Amazon moving into Revere. Right. You see uh, Assembly Square Mall, that old defunct mall. It's an unbelievable change. Now it's this beautiful place with a well, movie theater and Legoland the, and, that's and what restaurants I'm saying. and outdoor the, cafes. The, there's a development that, that has Wellington all those Circle. things. Business, Wellington Circle. Yeah, business and, and living place and, and uh, commerce. Linfield Marketplace. Yeah. Okay, well, that's a few miles away, but Linfield Marketplace. Even Meadow Glen Mall. Now let's look at Malden Square. Yes, we do have some things. Bodeborg is great. I admit that. But we should, we should be, I know, we should be thriving. We should be thriving. Yeah. And it should be expanded into the National Grid site. That site, I have a vision, and so do a lot of other Malden residents, where that site is a beautiful location for whoa, shops, whoa. businesses, benches. Right. But what do you say uh, about the, the, uh, flowering. the pollution of, of that space, of that uh, lot? Excellent point. You know, you love when I say that, don't I? I don't do. You? Yeah. So... So because to win me over. because of the pollution, because of the pollution, what you can't do there is live on it, right? You okay. can't build a so, home. So that's so that's the, the limitation. I heard the mayor say a hotel a hotel can't go there, can't do a hotel, can't do a home, can't do a condo, can't do an apartment building. What they will allow you to do is go over it with concrete yeah. and do anything else. So okay. we could have a theater. Yeah, we could have a. New Media Arts Center. So the the mayor uh, the mayor was uh, negotiating with Alex Bach, right? The baseball field yes. of uh, pipe dreams. Right. 
that, that was under contract for a long time. And when the contract had expired, he continued to encumber the property, just like Malden Hospital, encumber it with one preferred developer to the exclusion of all others. And here we are today with a plan that went belly up after eight years, and we have a site that's completely unused, not its highest and best use. It's basically a parking lot and a blight in the community, and it could be something beautiful and gorgeous. And it could be it could be something that <laughs> you're on damn top. right on top. Yeah. So, okay, but uh, this we, but this was started by, but this is started by Richard Howard, uh, the the park thing, the idea of the yep. ballpark. Yep. And uh, sometimes sometimes you fish. Yeah. And when there's no fishing to do, you cut bait. Right. Right. You so should have been cutting bait so you're on saying that one. It should have been cut sooner in terms of that. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe when the land agreement expired. Um, but certainly during this booming economy, we should not be languishing the way we are. Yeah. There's an opportunity to do something really great. And I could see this happening uh, just like Station Landing down there in Wellington Circle with the stop. I mean, yeah. the funny thing that I hear about people is how come we don't have a Starbucks? I mean, this is a company that does not hesitate to move into We've got community. Bikini Cafe. Are you kidding? That's fantastic. We do have there. great places. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. I, I, lo I love the places that you can go and eat in Malden. Yeah. And, 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 and I think that what we're realizing is you know, uh, there's another new gaming place. Uh, gosh, I, I should have got the name of it before it came. It, it's uh, where the Malden Trust Company used to be, in the bank. Yeah. And it, what these do, the kids come in and they pl play uh, PlayStation and, and all these other games yeah. with other people around the world. Oh, and yeah. It's yeah, a, that's it's nice. a place for them to come and hang out. Yeah, hopefully that generates... Uh, what, what's it called? Wan Yu. That's right, Wan Yu. And, and it's on Pleasant Street. Uh, thanks to my crack crew over here that give us the info. Yeah, and they, they just broke the, the, the rib, ribbon, uh, I think, two weeks ago, and uh, we were there capturing that. Good. Uh, but speaking about, let's talk about another subject, because it kind of brings us uh, by thinking of the uh, Arts Matter Week that just happened. Mm. Uh, what are you thinking about how the arts have been uh, growing in Malden? Oh, I love that. You know, one of the things that you see in thriving communities, it, you see public art. Public performances, public displays of works of yeah. art, and it's got a great effect on the community because not only I think it's community building, it, it oh, bonds yeah. it bonds us together because it's sources of pride. And you know, for for a city kid, I'm a city kid, uh, to have art, to be exposed to yeah, art, right. it's a beautiful thing. It has a beautiful effect on the brain, and and, it, and, and that, these it's inspirational, yeah. it's educational, yeah. and and you learn about other cultures that way. I love the arts. I really, really do. I love to see this thriving art community. I like to see that mural. Right. That, that was a nice well, mural. I, I saw you there, uh, and that was great. Uh, you know, Norman, Norman Greenbaum, Greenbaum comes to Malden, and gosh, he was so choked up by the by the, uh, the, the all the people out who came out, outpouring of love and and and, yeah. and uh, you know nostalgia, and uh, he had a tear in his eye when when he talked to, uh, with the senior center, and uh, yeah. it was great to see. And uh, he said. Uh, uh, paraphrasing a little bit, but he said that, you know, I always wanted to have a band, have a hit record, but this thing today came pretty close to the top of that. Yeah, good. That's, that's pretty cool. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It is. But it, it was is. really, the community was out there. There was over 100 people there. It was, it was great. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, I love But you're that. right. Uh, it's great to hear you uh, support the arts because, you know, obviously we're a big supporter of the arts. And, sure. And it's such a, uh, an important part. Well, I love how it blends in with MATV, how you folks have works of art in your studio yeah. and how you have the artists here helping out. Yeah. I think that's great. I see that. Um, I see maybe the Teen Center being a part of your organization in the future well, too. I, uh, I love that. Just you say that because that is part of our future plans in terms of 
Well, well great, because it's part of my future plans, too. So, <laughs> you know, right? right. Let's, let's all come together. Let's all come and let's, together. And, yeah, let's brainstorm how we can make this work. And, and this gets me really excited because the state has now given movie tax credits, and people are starting to film movies here yeah, in Massachusetts, right. including Malden. I oh, always yeah. get giddy when that happens. Oh, yeah. I know we all do. Um, so I would love for these students after school to be able to not just shoot pool and play video games, right? I would love for them to cultivate a real-world skill, like like how, how to edit, right. how to shoot film. How to shoot film and, yeah. and, and create something that, that has, that's worth. Yeah, yeah. you know, uh, learning are. how to be a director. I mean, I would okay. love to see movie producers come out of Malden. Well, that is the future. We have a, a former member of KVA, which is a student program we had, uh, Josh. Uh, gosh, what's Josh's last name? Uh, anyway, he ended up working uh, on Patriot's Day. Okay. Oh, with, the movie with the with the, with the movie because uh, we shot some of it in Malden, and uh, he was uh, he got to end up being an intern out in California uh, oh, for good. Peter Berg, who was a director, and, yeah. and uh, that was all because of his involvement in MTV. Yeah. So I said, Josh, you know, when you get your first Oscar, and you get on that stage, and you thank God, and you thank your mother. Don't forget MATV. Yeah. <laughs> or maybe mention Malden. Anyway. Yeah, Malden at least. Yeah. I, uh, I, I had a, um, a friend in high school, Carrie Ciotti. She graduated with me. Great girl. And she moved out to California, and she was just on an episode of NCIS, uh, which I thought was really cool. Yeah, so you, know? you saw the episode. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah, yeah. So I, I just uh, – I actually missed the episode, uh, but I was, I was over with her, her parents. They live in Ward 3 still. Yeah. Great people. And um, – and yeah, I mean, I'm just I'm just proud of her, and I thought that was exciting. Well, it's good to hear you uh, be in support of the arts. That's really good. Uh, you mentioned the trash bags, and and, and I guess uh, the, the city topic. is trying to come up with an alternative. Uh, uh, they obviously just did a presentation, I think, two months ago. Uh, what did you think about that presentation, and 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 the alternative to that? So I don't exactly agree that the city has been trying to come up with an alternative. Um, this was. I'm going to get political here. Well, that, that this happen. was a campaign <laughs> promise in 2011, you know, and uh, I, I think the mayor made a deal with us. He said, make me a mayor. I know you don't like this trash system. I'm going to come up with something different for you. And uh, he created a little resident group that rendered opinions and then did nothing with it. And we've become reliant on the trash bag revenue. It's about a million dollars in blue bag revenue every year. And um, if you're not negotiating with apartment developers, you're going to, become, you're going to stay dependent on that. Right now, we're going to have new sources of revenue next year. I think this is an ideal time to give something back to the taxpayers, and this is a great way to do it because we know that when that referendum was taken, 70% of people said they didn't like it. And I think that still holds true today because I've been out there talking to people. When I announced that I was running for mayor, the current mayor, current administration, council, no plans. So I came up with a plan, and it got stuck in committee. And after that, the mayor came up with a plan, and it got ushered through the committee and out to the public, and it's in the papers, and everyone's right. talking about and it. And that's the newest plan. But my plan got buried. In fact, I went to that public meeting, and they wouldn't give me the microphone. At the very end, I said, you know, counselor, mayor, I'm going to, I'm going to, I just grabbed the microphone. I said, who wants to hear the other plan that's out here? I had to. Did you really do that? I did. I did. I had to. I had to. Wow. As a service to the community. So let me tell you about the two plans that are out there now. The mayor said to the audience, you can keep your current system, or this is the system we have for you. You will take two barrels. We'll give them to you, right? A recycling no, barrel and trash barrel. Cost. Was there, I think there was a nope, cost. No, no cost. Recycling barrel and trash barrel, that's one of the benefits of his system. 
but you have to take it. You can't opt out of it. Man. There won't be any more blue bags. You have to attend. So there were people in there, three family homes. There were people with five family homes, two people with five. Man. I didn't even know they existed, but two, two five family homes. They said, I don't have room for 10 barrels. Nor do I want 10 barrels. Oh, I nor do I want to pay 50. Had them on barrel. Yeah. And listen, if you're a five family home, that's not $10 a month in your water and sewer bill. It's $50 a month in your water and sewer bill. It's $600 a year compared to what they might be paying now under the current system might be $100 a year. That's a tax increase in our residents. They deserve a break, not a tax increase. I'm tired of fines going up, taxes going up. I see so much of this. I'll talk about the fines in a minute. My plan is markedly different. My plan is if you like the system you've got where you're using one tiny blue bag a week, there are people. I found them. No, I'm not even I want to keep using that. I'm That's what they one. say. I want to keep using my yeah. bag. Why can't I use my bag? Yeah. And I remember the mayor was saying, you can't. If you don't like this plan, we're just going to keep the current system. I think, I think there's, there's an amalgam that works. You keep the system we've got. If you want to opt out, it's your choice. You go buy a barrel at regular, regular cost, 60 bucks. And that barrel, you get to fill for the rest of your life with no blue bags and no recurring fee. Right. Now, uh, again, just so I understand this, uh, it, by having uh, people opt out, Yes. now the, the people who pick up the trash, uh, my understanding is that, that they're going to have a contract that goes one way or the other. They, you can't, can't uh, have... They're not going to be in favor of something that's not. No, not true. The one the not other. true. Not true. So I've read the solid waste contract several times, um, and I'm, I'm an attorney. I write contracts. I negotiate yeah, yeah. contracts. Uh, the blue bag provision in that contract, that was a condition Malden placed in the contract. That was a term that we wanted, not a term they wanted. They don't care what color the bag is. It could be black. It could be polka dotted. It doesn't matter. Blue mattered to Malden because that compelled people to purchase bags and Malden would get the revenue. Right. You follow? Yeah, no, I, I always we thought can, that was. We can change that term. And, and the but, novation, but, that's but, easy but to do. But I think one of the uh, pluses about it was the uh, people started recycling more. And, and that was clearly yeah. shown because uh, it happened to me. <laughs> I, yeah, I, yeah. I, you know, I, I'd, rather, uh, not, not, I'd rather use one bag instead of two. That's right. pretty much what I do. That's right, that's right. Because of your... Um, you have a cash incentive. Right. You have a cash incentive to create less trash, exactly. create more recycling. So let me ask you now, Ron. Uh, I already anticipate your question without you asking it, right? Because you said, oh, it encourages recycling. That's amazing. Let me ask you. If you were one of those people that opted out, right, would you stop recycling? No. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. The behavior is there. Exactly. So I think people are going to continue recycling. I know I will. You will. And look, will it be perfect? No, life is seldom perfect, right. but this is a better system, and our people want it. It's government's job to serve the people. It's not government's – let me tell you, I serve with these people we elect. They're not any smarter than us. They're not any better than no, us. They don't know how to live any better than us, and they shouldn't be telling us how to live. What they should be doing is taking direction from the public. I think the Founding Fathers were brilliant in this one way. They said government should be for the people, and the best way you ensure that is making it comprised of the people at election time so we can hold them accountable. If the people tell you they want a better trash system, it's your job as government to deliver it. It doesn't matter if you want the million dollars in revenue. It doesn't matter if you like the color of the bag or you like the program. If the people don't like it, they deserve to control the future of their own community. And there's no reason why life in Malden should be any more inconvenient than life in Everett or Medford or Revere or fill in the blank. Mm. 
we can do just as well. And as far as supplying everyone with the barrel, even when they don't want it, that's a $1.6 million one-time hit right. on our city finances. I don't like that. I don't think that's the right way to do this. The reason why the mayor put that, that in is because he's, he's getting it back. <laughs> he's getting it back in multitudes yeah. after that in your water and sewer, which, by the way, I don't think it's legal to put a trash fee on a water enterprise account. But that's a separate discussion. I don't think it's, I don't think it's permissible. Um, but that being said, um, I, well, what, I, wouldn't, I think the Fallon, uh, let, that worked out by, by let, now? No. No? No. No. The law department never reviewed this. This was just his proposal. And, by the way, he proposed it on August 1st. I don't think that's coincidental. We've never had a council meeting in August. We've never had a council meeting on a Thursday. That was a day that I had a conflict. I had scheduled something, and right after I had scheduled it, that surprise meeting appeared. And then he took a picture of the meeting, put an arrow on it, and said, Councilor Matheson doesn't show up. I thought it was a dirty trick. I think there's a lot of that going on in these campaigns. Well, uh, don't you just love political season? Uh, no. And, and then <laughs> Well, let's just talk about it. We're winding down here, and I, I want to get your reaction. Oh, let's go another hour. Demo. Uh, <laughs> Ramp us up. One more hour. One more hour. But uh, as you know, and you were there from the very beginning, uh, MATV negotiated with you and, and Gary uh, the first uh, mayor forum. Yeah. And then we had discussions about how can we make this livelier, and we went mm -hmm. to a more mm -hmm. uh, debate format where you guys got to uh, uh, counterpunch, so to speak. Hmm. Uh, uh, what, what do you think of the format? I love rebuttal time. Yeah. I think it serves the interests of the public that want to hear what someone just, you know, my response to something new that just got right. brought up. I mean, that's what happens in a court of law, right. right? I get to question a witness. You get to question a witness. But if you bring up something new, well, I might have a follow-up question. Right. And right. on those areas, I get to talk some more. That's what the people want to hear. And it helped develop our thoughts and opinions on these ideas. A mayor is a very special and rare thing. Right. We, well, yeah, you bring, bring up the point that it's 24 years. We've only had two, two mayors. Correct. It's the second one in 24 years. Yeah. And when that happens, it's very healthy for a community because it brings issues back to the people and the power temporarily swings back to the people. You can make whatever campaign promises you want during campaign season, but they're going to look to your record. And if you broke your promises or if you're promising too much, they're going to say, look, you know what? Time for a new direction. You know, and, and we know that it's good to have new people in government. I've never served full-time in government. I've been a part-time city councilor and damn successful at it. I work really hard for my constituents. That's why they reelect me. I protected Malden Hospital from a development that was negotiated by that mayor to be 500 apartment units. Uh, oh, uh, I did leave out. Oh, uh, the intersection has been such an issue. Uh, what's the latest on that in terms of... Yep, so we, we secured $1 million of funding to, to upgrade the safety of this, the most dangerous intersection of Malden, one of the most dangerous in the state. It's Fellsway Ave and High, uh, it's Highland Ave and Fellsway East. Um, and we had a house get hit a couple of years ago, lots really? of property wow. damage. And by the way, your auto insurance, my auto insurance, all of our auto insurance is a higher because of it. Communities that have that many accidents, they go by zip code. Your yeah. insurance rates are going to be based by zip code. So people try to insure their car outside of the community, and we lose excess ta yeah. tax because of that too. But this million-dollar fix, it's happening now. DCR is paying the lion's share of it, $750,000, and uh, they're breaking ground right now. Oh, that's good. So, so the, uh, the little building there, they use it for support. Yeah, they've been dragging their feet a little bit. Yeah. Um, well, like you say, developers, that they, they tend to like have one plan and it goes. I've got other suspicions. <laughs> All right, John, i got to tell you, this has been a fast-moving hour. Uh, as always, it's uh, great to see you. we got two minutes. 
No, no, no. Just, well, talk about you. No, no, I'm not going to talk about me. <laughs> yeah, I'm a guest host, ladies and gentlemen. I, I'm just doing this. Uh, I promised him after John when, when he when he was hosting this show, and and I said, John, yeah, we're going to have to like take your hosting duties away until the election is over. Uh, and by the I way, I didn't put up any fuss. I, I said, know. Ron, rules are rules. Yeah, he did. He did. I good. respect the rules. Uh, and I appreciate that, and uh, and I and I appreciate that uh, you came down and and took part in this uh, little special. I appreciate all the work you do, Ron. I think well, very you. highly I of you. I have a great staff. I think very highly of you, well, and I've always got along with your staff. I think they're dedicated people that act very professionally, and I think you do a great service to the community. I really appreciate well, it. Thank you, John. I appreciate it. And and I I think that the thing that really touched me after the uh, the big forum, the big debate. Both you and Gary came over and said thank you for doing a good job. Yeah. That, that meant a lot to me. You did, yeah, because like I said, this is an important time for the community. Yeah. And that power that shifts back to the people. All right, got to wrap it up. All I right. I'm here for the, the November control. 5th, everyone. All right, get out Don't there and forget. vote, ladies and gentlemen. Whatever you, whoever you believe, get out there and vote. John, thank, thank you, you so everyone. much. Thank you, Ron. All right. I will Take see you care. next God time bless. at 0148. Uh, Happy Halloween. That's right. Oh, my gosh. Haunted Studio, ladies and gentlemen. Halloween afternoon, 515 to 5 o'clock down here at... 145 Pleasant Street, Haunted Studio. And again, thank you for tuning in, and uh, we'll see you next time on 02148. All right, thanks. You.